breakthroughs and God is able to minister. And we know that God follows his word and ministers. And, and so the Lord did marvelous things and he is mighty to be praised. And Brother Joe and the church and the families there, they send their greetings back to you. And, and just, just want to wish you there a happy new year to you. And here we are in, in 2020. And who would have thought 20 years ago when everybody was worried about Y2K and storing up water and everything else that the whole world's going to fall apart that we'd be standing here 20 years later. But, and nobody anticipated it, but God did. God knew that we'd be here. And God knew that we'd still have young people that, that needed to get the Holy Ghost. And God knew that we'd be here and God's with us. He's not left us here alone to fight this battle. And, and I think it's amazing that, that our pastor, my dad, closed out 2019 preaching on courage. And I say this to you, that it's going to take more courage in 2020 than it did in 2019. Because we know that the Bible tells us that hell hath enlarged itself and opened her mouth without measure. And, and so we know that, that we have an enemy that's going after us, but I, I want to speak these words and say them to you that, that we will not be defeated and we will not be deterred. We will give no quarter and we will not show any mercy to the devil. We won't show any mercy to sickness, to doubt or to fear, nor to sin. But we're going to run into 2020 just like we ran into 2019. We're going on with an anticipation that we're going to win. We've got one goal and that's the rapture. And I've got good news for you. There's not one devil that's going to stop us from that rapture. So I'll run into 2020 with that in our mind. Amen. So we're going to do what the Bible tells us over in the book of Hebrews chapter 2. Therefore, we're going to give more earnest heed to the things which we've heard, lest at any time we would let them slip. We're not going to neglect this great salvation that's been delivered to us, but we're going to receive it. We're going to walk right into that body change. We're going to walk right into that promise, walk right into that vision that was seen of you and I there worshiping God. You know, as, as, as you that have been here for many years and, and have been a part of our own ministry, and you know that every year at the beginning of the year, I always give a theme for, for, for the year. Last year, my theme was of recognizing him, and I believe that we recognize Christ amongst us. Amen. This year, I want my, my theme for the year to start out, and this will be my theme for the whole year. That God is with us and we will see miracles. God is with us and we will see miracles. That's my theme as we go into 2020. And I want to say to you as a church, I'm going to tell you. And I want you to believe like you've never believed. I want you to pray like you've never prayed. I want you to ask God big things because he's a big God. I want you to accept the things that God has said to you, that these promises are unto you, that they are yea and amen. I want you to receive them just like he said them. We're going to see God with us in 2020, and we are going to see miracles, but if we're going to see those things, you're going to have to believe like never before. We're going to have to take courage, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world, little children, and you shall overcome also. Amen. So we commit our ways unto the Lord. 
and we trust in the Lord and he shall bring it to pass. Amen. Amen. God will not fail us. He is with us. Amen. If you have your Bibles this evening, we'll go right into the word here at Matthew chapter 1 and, and verse 20. And then down to John chapter 1 and verse 14. I like to I like to speak to you these things. They've been kind of overwhelming my life here in the last uh, last little bit here, and I just kind of overwhelmed with this thought, and kind of just a very staggering thought in that. I, I spoke a little bit on the, on these lines at Brother Joe's, and and I would like to take this theme, and maybe I will not title every service God with us for 2020, but that will be my theme. You will hear me preach from this thought throughout the whole year. You see, I've been preaching the same thought. I've been preaching from the same message that I started preaching 10 years ago on influence. That was my very first message, and I was, I was going back through my notes today, and next month, 10 years, 10 years ago, I've been preaching 10 years. And that just kind of seemed to went real fast. But, you know, I've been feeding off of that, uh, that sermon ever since then. One sermon just rolls right into the next one, you know. And I'm still influenced. I'm still influenced by the mighty angel. Amen. Amen. So I want, to, I want to preach to you this evening and on, on God with us. And that thought right there is enough to close our Bibles and leave and go home tonight because just that thought right now that he said that he never leave you and that he never forsake you. And he said that where two or three are gathered in my name there, I will be in the midst of them. And we're more than two or three here tonight, so we need God is here. So, amen. Let's just read this, this portion of scripture here. Uh, Matthew chapter 1 verse 20, but while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is, is of the Holy Ghost, and she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins." Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. John chapter 1 and verse 14. Amen. As you're turning there, I'd just like to make mention to you that next weekend... On next Saturday night, we will be doing as we did the last few years. We will be taking uh, a portion of the service, making a little special service for you for the coming end of the year. And Brother William, Brother Matthew, myself, and Brother Ron will be speaking about 15 minutes each and um, just giving giving some things and committing what we're committing unto the Lord. We're all taking about 15 minutes, uh, but you know, Brother Ron, has he's got its seniority, and he can take as much time as he wants to, so so uh, us three us three boys will go first, and we'll let, we'll let Senior Papa come in behind us and, and, and just go ahead and just show us how it's done, so amen. John chapter 1 and verse 14. And the word was made flesh and dwelt amongst us. 
And we beheld his glory. That's a beautiful thought right there. We beheld his glory. The glory as the of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Amen. Let's just bow our hearts this evening unto the Lord. Heavenly Father, we so thank you, Lord Jesus, for this privilege that we might bow our heads to the dust of the earth from which we came. And Lord, we sense your nearness even now, Father. Lord Jesus, every time we read over your holy script, Lord, we realize that we are reading you in, in letter form. But Father, we're asking tonight that, that the word would come off the pages and that you would speak to us, Lord Jesus. Lord, minister to our hearts and we pray that you would reach out your hands upon this congregation and that you would bless them in a special way. Lord, I pray that you would bring them light, Lord Jesus. May you quicken the word to their hearts just now. Whatever they have need of, Lord, they hold in their heart. And I pray that you would minister to them in a special way. And we'll be careful to serve you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. May God bless you. You may be seated this evening. Amen. Amen. As we said, we'd like to speak to you on, on God with us. God with us. Amen. You ain't got to get up and leave yet, Brother Doug. Amen. I'm thankful to have my, my, my buddy, Brother Gabriel, back here with us and his friends. So we so welcome you here in the Lord and their family to us all. And just like everyone here, we're, we're a great big family in the family of God. Amen. Amen. But as, as we begin to reflect upon this thought here, but we as believers, no matter how long we've been Christians, no, no matter if we've had in our experience maybe last week or maybe 50 or 20 years ago, whatever, whatever the time slot might be for you, but that thought that God is with us, it's such a staggering and overwhelming and amazing thought in its own that God is, that God is with us. And we realize as Christians and any, any person here, we realize that we're absolutely nothing without him. And that he is the one that controls you and I tonight. And I, I want you to know that I realize tonight that I'm helpless and hopeless as can be unless he comes. But I, I, was, I was given a commandment in the word that he told us to preach this message. And, and Paul said, as much as, is, as much as in me is now, I am ready to preach this gospel unto you. And so I realize tonight that God, God is not going to use trees to speak to us, though he could. He could have used wood to speak to us. He could have used flowers to speak to us. But God chose man to speak to us. And he is the one that is in control of you and I. And we realize today that... We're completely hopeless and helpless without him. And he's the one that, that controls us. We speak about the things that happened in 2019 and we talk about the miracles that took place and we could reflect upon those things and talk about those things of how great and staggering the things of the miracles that we have seen amongst us. But we realize that that was none other than God. That was none other than, than Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we promise that these signs shall follow them that believe. And we realize that these promises are to us as believers. And, and if we believe, we realize that if we have reverence under the word, and if we respect this word, that those things will operate amongst us. And that's why I believe that we as a church, we have seen so many mighty things amongst us. We have seen miracles. We have seen 
seen, we have seen prodigals come back. We have seen young people's lives completely turned around. We have seen them be baptized afresh with the Holy Ghost. We have seen lives completely transformed. We've seen livers completely put in place. We've seen cell on top of cell built upon in the church of the living God. And we see a mighty God that is amongst us. These things are not some far off. They're not just in conventions, but these things are every single weekend unto us. And we're not just waiting on on convention time, but I believe that right now that, that God is here. I believe that God can speak to us and God can minister to us in such a way that we would have to say that that was Jesus here. And you remember that here that prophet, that little prophet would stand there and he would he would roll his shoulders back and he would say, now, you know I can't do anything unless he comes and he would stand there and talk to you and, and he would speak to the patient that would stand in front of him and he would he would speak those things and he would say, and he said, now I, I, I'm trying to catch your spirit. You've heard those things. And and, and there, there he is, he's trying to catch that spirit and, and trying to speak now. He's not contacting their soul, but he's speaking to their spirit and trying to find their spirit. And here he is, and he and he says, Now you know I can't do anything without him coming. But he all of a sudden he says, Now he's here. And I now take spirit, I take control of every unspirit, un- every evil spirit here in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the glory of the Lord. And watch those demons completely defeated. We realize that that was not a man, but that was God. You see, no man can produce these things that we are seeing. No man can produce the things that we're watching amongst us. This is God that is with us. Now in Christ, the mystery of God revealed. He said, now God's secret mystery he had before the world began. Now back in the back part of God's mind, there was something that he was trying and was going to achieve. And he had a motive in doing it in order to let himself be expressed because first there, was, there wasn't even a moon, a star, an atom, a molecule, or anything, but he was God. But he exactly wasn't God at that time because God is an object to worship. Here he is, Elohim himself, but here nothing had been created there. So we realize that the very first thing that he created was angels that he might be worshipped. We realize that tonight. But he wasn't exactly God at that time because God is an object of worship and there was nothing to worship him so he created angels. So here in his great mind he wanted these attributes to be expressed and in him was love and in him was to be a father. In him was to be a son and in him was to be a savior. In him was to be healer and all of these great attributes that we see already expressed. These things were in God's mind. To think about that, that God is with us. Now it's one thing for you and I to say that somebody is with us. But to say that God is with us. You know, you know, sometimes when you're walking down a dark alley, you sisters, you're walking down a dark alley, it makes you feel good to know that you got your husband right there with you. It makes you feel good that you can slip your arm around him right up underneath of his elbow and you can hold on tight to him. It makes you feel good to know that he's with you, but to realize that that God is with you and that any moment at any time in life that you can slip your arm underneath of his great arm of power and that he can take you through Laodicea and realize that you're not alone here in this battle, but God is with you. 
God sees you in your prayers. God sees you in your circumstance. But it's such an amazing thought that, that God is with us. To me, I, I'm moved by this thought. I, I can't hardly sleep because of this thought. I can't, hardly, I can't hardly pray without crying just thinking about this thought. I can't, hardly, I can't hardly speak to somebody without these things echoing out of my soul because this is an amazing God that is with us. We're talking about the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. This God is with us. The God that rolled the world off of his fingertips. That God is in us. That God is with us. He didn't leave us here alone. To think that the supreme being Jehovah, the eternal and infinite spirit, the creator and the sovereign one of the universe is with you and I. The God that is a spirit that must be worshipped in spirit and in truth. That God is with you and I. The God that is declared to be light and love and the invisible one. The God that is declared to be the unsearchable, incorruptible, eternal and immortal God. That God's with you and I tonight. The God that is declared to be omnipotent, omniscient, the all-knowing God. The God that is declared to be the omnipresent God. It may feel like Satan has got you surrounded. It may feel like the demons of hell have got you surrounded. But those demons are not omnipresent. Are you with me though? That Satan himself is not omnipresent. There's only one being that is omnipresent. And that's God. That God is with you young people when you walk through the halls. That God is with you when you go down the hospital rooms brother Nathaniel. That God is with you when you go to college. Come on somebody, the demons of hell try to whisper in your ear and say that they're there watching your every move but they're not there. That's a lie straight from the pits of hell but you can rest assured that God Almighty is there when you wake up. He's there when you're sleeping. He's there when you're dreaming. He's there when you're worshiping. He's always there. Hallelujah. He is declared to be the immutable, the only wise God, the glorious and most high, the perfect God. The one that is declared to be the holy and just and true upright God. The righteous one, the good God, a great God, a gracious God, a faithful God, a merciful God. The God that is declared to be long-suffering, he's jealous and compassionate. That God is a consuming fire. That God, there is none beside him. There's none before him. There's none like him. There's none good but he. Hallelujah, he fills all heaven, time, space, and eternity. And that God should be worshipped in spirit and in truth to realize today that that God is with you and I. I don't care what you came packing in this service tonight, but you can walk out right now and realize that all of heaven is behind you. Woo! God's with me. Hallelujah. To realize that you're not alone in this battle. That he is here walking in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. And he held the stars in his hand. They were not here just wandering around on their own like a wandering star, but they were in his hands. They were in his control. And if he had our messengers in his hand, how much more has he got you and I in his hand, in his control, in his power? 
and you woke up and you thought you was going to make out your own plans today, God's got this. Hallelujah. The Bible said in Genesis 1 that in the beginning God created heaven and earth and the earth was without form. It was a bunch of chaos and void, kind of like your life. And darkness was upon the face of the deep, kind of like your life. But all of a sudden, the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. Hallelujah. So God here in the beginning, the eternal, he wasn't even God. God's an object to worship. We've already established that. So he wasn't even that. He was Elohim. He was the eternal one. I hope you don't mind me talking about God. It's my theme for 2020. God with us. Hallelujah. He was Elohim, the eternal one. But in him was thoughts that he wanted to become material. And what did he do? Then he spoke a word and the word was materialized. And that's the whole picture from Genesis all the way over to Revelation. It's nothing wrong. It's Elohim materializing himself so that he can be touched. The self-existing one materializing himself so that he can be felt. You see, I'm not talking about a God of history. I'm not talking about a God that was. I'm talking about a God that is. I'm not talking about a God that's dead. I'm talking about a God that's living. I'm talking to you about a God that will not and cannot change. A God that don't back up. A God that does not know the word retreat. A God that will fight your battles. 2020 may be staring you down, but I want you to rest assured that the God of heaven is with you. Don't shake your neighbor's hand. They might be sick, but look at them and tell them God's with me. If you're sick, don't shake my hand. Hallelujah. Salute thy brethren, as Paul said. But the Bible said in 1 Timothy 3 and 16 that without, without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh. Think about that. God was manifest in the flesh justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and received up into glory. God, the self-existing one, robing himself in humanity. Whoo! The great Jehovah God that was there in the very beginning, he came down and he was made tangible by living in the body of his own son, declaring and reconciling the world to himself. Does not the Bible say to you and I that we have a faithful high priest that can be touched by the feeling of our infirmities? He knows what you're going through. You can look over in the early history of the church and find that Jesus was there sitting by the roadside and that Jesus was groaning with a headache. Why? Because he had to go through pain, migraines like you and I. He had to come to earth and be manifested in flesh so that he could feel like you and I could feel. Are you with me this evening? You see, because you in the beginning, you were in God. But God could not fellowship with you there in spirit form. We do not believe in pre-existing of souls, but you were in God as an attribute. 
and you see you were a seed, you can find that in God's power to transform, that you were a word, you were a seed, and then now you are manifested so that Christ can work, that God can fellowship with you. He could not fellowship with you as the great I am in heaven. But God condescended and came and made of himself of no reputation. And he humbled himself unto the cross. And he took upon him the form of man. Whoo! This God was there hanging on the cross 2,000 years ago. To save you from the sins that you hadn't even committed at 2,000 years ago. But this is an eternal atonement that was taking place 2,000 years ago. You may not have been manifested here 2,000 years ago, but the blood of Jesus Christ has never lost its power. It'll never lose its power. It reaches to the highest mountains all the way into the lowest of valleys. This blood has the power to wipe away all of your sins. You may be the lowest of lows. You may have been abused in life. You may have been talked about in life. You may have been beaten in life. Maybe not had the right amount of or the right structure as a family. But this God is with you. You may not have had the right kind of father figure. But I want you to know you've always had a heavenly father. And he's watched over your seed all the way back from Adam. He's been looking for you. And you're here. Woo, hallelujah. Think about that God wanted to become flesh so that he could feel like you. So that he could understand like you. Woo. This great God dropped down from a supernatural being down into something tangible. A God that we could see. A God that we could touch. A God that we could handle. He hath anointed me to preach the gospel unto you. This day, this scripture is fulfilled in your ears. This God, Elohim, was made manifest. I'm not talking about a God of 2,000 years ago. I'm talking about God right now. You see, a lot of times people get their eyes on the God of Calvary and they miss the God of right now. You see, well, if we're going to look for God, Brother William, where are we going to look for him at? We're not going to look for him robed in a robe of 2,000 years ago, not wearing sandals like they would have wore 2,000 years ago, but God in human flesh right now. God worshiping and fellowshipping in flesh right now. I know this is going to catch you off guard, but you know that the Bible says that you are God's. That God dwelleth in you and that you are the temple of the Holy Ghost. That God, the God that created those flowers, that God that created the wood that is built here, that God is living in human flesh today. Yeah, you're not going to hear this down at the Catholic Church and you're probably not going to hear it down at the Methodist Church or the Baptist Church, but I want to say to you, I want to say it here and I want to say it all across the airways of the internet, there is a people on earth right now that is packing the very image of the Son of Man on the inside of them. We are word beings. We are sons and daughters of God. We are the children of the light and there is power. There's a power packed on the inside of your soul. 
God has been waiting on this moment. He saved his best till last and you are here to manifest the son of man, the great I am, the God of miracles, the God of Abraham, the God of Jacob, the God of Isaac. This God's my God. He's with me, in me, and will fulfill every scripture that was ordained for me to fulfill. The Bible said I was foreordained to be here. That settles it. Let the heathen rage. Let the critics rise. We are ordained for the moment. God, Brother Denny, is with us. Settle down. Y'all settle down. Everybody says we're emotional. Put your seatbelts on. Y'all better be careful. They'll call us Pentecostals. Thank you for doing that. That's the greatest compliment that you could have given us. I never was in a Pentecostal church, but I had myself a good old Pentecostal experience. I got the same baptism of the Holy Ghost that Peter got, that the Mother Mary got. The same God that met Paul on the road to Damascus. I met him. Hallelujah. I'm not talking about a God in the picture. I'm talking about a God in flesh. Hallelujah. Our headship ain't in Rome. Our headship ain't in Jeffersonville. Our headship is not some pope. Our headship is not some man. Our headship ain't even a prophet. It ain't, a, it ain't even an office prophet or a hireling prophet. Come on, church of the living God. Our headship is in glory. I came from God. I'm going back to God. If Jesus said I came from God and to God we will return, what are you and I today? God can't leave you here. He's going to change your body. Calm yourself. I'm not talking about a God some voice far off. I'm talking about a God right now. Some people want to say that was only said in the 60s, but I want to take you all the way back to deity of Jesus Christ. In 1948, he said deity's not in heaven, but deity's in you. Come on, somebody. And if all of the seals have been released off the back of the book, what about right now? We're in our full position. We are heaven, we are seated in heavenly places. We're blessed to be sitting here. In all heavenly blessings, he ordained me to this spot. Woo! He's here and he's declaring himself that he's Hebrews 13 and 8, the same yesterday, today, and forever. And to think that that God is with us. God of creation. God that would speak the moon into existence. God that would speak the sun into existence. The God that would watch it roll off the end of his fingertips as it were. Let it roll out there a hundred million years and stop it in its place. What a drama. What a reality. That God is with us. 
Now this God had been lost throughout the Throughout the years, as it were, he was not lost, but the, through the preaching of creeds and dogmas, here this great God was smothered up by wet blankets that did not want the Holy Ghost moving in the church. And here yet we see that even now we see as, as critics rise and, and, and the spirit of, of, of unity as it were as try to rise up and bring all the, the, the world council of churches together. You see, God has never said in one place that we would be united as a church, but we would be united in Him. And to think that that God is with us, that, that back there before He ever spoke that word, it was a thought that He would create these things. It was a thought, and then it became a word. And when that word was released, those things that He had in His mind came into existence. And to think that maybe, maybe we put it to you like this so that the children would understand it. That God thought of a tree and God said, let there be a tree and there appeared a tree. Whew. To think tonight that that God wants to live on, on the inside of, of a little bitty boy by the name of Waylon or a little bitty girl by the name of Allie or a little bitty boy by the name of Noah. To think that that God wants to live on the inside of you. Young kids, I want you to hear me loud and clear. You ain't got to wait till you're a teenager to get it. You can get it right now. You ain't got to be a certain age, but I believe that you can have the baptism of the Holy Ghost at four or five years old. I believe that if you repent of your sins and are baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. There ain't a certain age or a certain stipulation. It don't even matter how old you are. If you're 95 years old, I believe that the Holy Ghost is for you and wants to be packed on the inside of your soul. Watch that God as he speaks those things into existence. But here we are in the church age of Laodicea and we're watching that same God of creation work right amongst you and I. We're watching him as he said, let there be light. And the Bible said in Zechariah 14 and 7, that in the evening time it shall be light. You see, when God said, let there be a light, he said, let there be light. It was once a word, but once the light was there, it was no longer a word. It was a reality. And that which was spoken over thousands of years ago, that in the evening time it should be light. You and I are watching those things as it comes to pass. And the cogs of prophecy are rolling right on time. You and I are in the moment of prophecy. Don't miss these things, but God, the God of reality, the God of the I am, the God of the prophets is right here. And there is all types of things of churches and, and creeds and critics that are, that are trying to cast more darkness. You know that, that uh, the children of the night love darkness. And you find that when somebody begins to speak, when they begin to speak evil of the Lord Jesus Christ, you find what is on the inside of their soul and that they love darkness. And you see what they try to do is cast more darkness. But I have found in life, if you've got the littlest of flashlights, no matter how weak the light is, no matter how much the battery is on the inside, if there's a light, darkness has to leave. 
And you may be a small Christian here today, but I want you to know that there's more than an Energizer Bunny sitting here tonight to give you more power. There's a Holy Ghost here that'll set your soul flying and give you the light of the day. The same sun that rose in the east is the same one that's rise that's setting in the west. This is the evening time. Woo, hallelujah. No matter how dark it gets out there, I want you to hear me. No matter how dark it gets, no matter how much they want to cast shadows, no matter how dark it gets in Egypt, are you with me, children? Israel still had light. Hallelujah. We'll go over in the book of Revelation. Revelation chapter 1, and there we see John on the Isle of Patmos. And here in the revelation of Jesus Christ, we are given a glimpse of the supreme deity of Jesus Christ. Here in Revelations 1 and 8, he says, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, saith the Lord, which is, which was, and which is to come, the Almighty. You see, in other words, he's saying I'll be supreme in the first and I'll be supreme in the last. You see, if he was supreme in the first age, he has to be supreme in the last age. If he was supreme in Paul, he has to be supreme in the prophet of this day. Are you with me? Jesus was there standing with his disciples. He was saying to them in Matthew chapter 16 that whom the men say that I the son of man am. And they said that some say that thou art Elijah and some say that, that, that thou art John the Baptist. But Jesus don't really care what the rest of the world says. He wants to know what you've got to say. He wants to know what you got to say, Sister Jada. He wants to understand. He wants you. He wants to know what you say here that he is. And Simon Peter answered and said that thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus turned to him and said, Blessed art thou, Simon Berjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed this unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And he said, upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. It shows to you and I that the gates of hell will be against it, but they will not prevail. They will not overcome. And Satan hates revelation, but you and I love it. There's power in revelation. And here we look that this is the revelation of who God is. That's where he builds his church upon. Not upon himself, but upon the revelation of who he is. Are you with me? Not upon Peter. Though his his name may be stoned, but that is not where God built his church upon. But he built it upon the foundation of the revelation of Jesus Christ. And you can find that over in Revelation chapter 3 and 8. And Brother Branham would say that it's the lap over. He said it's that step up from the next step. And he said there in the lap over, he said, I can show it to you by the scripture. That he said there in the closing out of the Philadelphian church age. And the lap over to the Laodicean church age. That Jesus said that I have set before you an open door and no man can shut it. No man can shut it. What is that open door? It's the revelation of the supreme deity of Jesus Christ. What did he say to the first church back there? He said, I am he that was, which is, and shall come. I am the first and the last. I am the almighty. He said it three different times. 
He made himself deity to this first church here before he went into the last church. He said, I've set before you an open door. And if you want to see the revelation, here it is. Where he would build his church and the only way that he could take his church is back to the revelation of what he is. And what was the first thing that he reveals himself there is? As, but the God of heaven. That God is with you. Not a triune God, but one God. I know I'm going to make hell upset, but that's okay. That's my job. Not a triune God, but one God. One God, and he reveals himself that way in the first revelation. And he speaks it four times in the first chapter so that there would be no mistake. And the first thing that you've got to know is that Jesus is not a prophet. Jesus is not a junior God. He is not a secondarily God. He is God. For the Bible said in Deuteronomy 6 and 4, Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one Lord. Zechariah 14 and 9, And the Lord shall be king over all the earth. In that day there shall be one Lord, and his name one. And and Paul declared these things over in the book of Ephesians, chapter 4 and verse 4, that there's one body, one spirit, even as ye are called, and one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who's above all, through all, and in you all, that God is with you. But God is not one like your finger. If you see, if you make God one like your finger, you got Jesus being his own daddy. But he was God manifested in the flesh. And John would say that the concept of God was expressed in Jesus. That God is with you. That God who on occasions would manifest his presence by the cloud or pillar of fire that struck fear in the hearts of men. This God, whose heart's characteristics were made known only by revelation of words through the prophets, now became Emmanuel, God with us. Declaring himself. That word declare is taken from the Greek root, which we often interpret as exegesis, which means to thoroughly explain and make clear. I know some of you want me to slow down. But I only have one gear. So stay with me. That is what the living word Jesus did. He brought God to you and I. For he was God. He revealed God to us with such perfect clarity. Now we're getting somewhere. We're getting to a spot that if you realize the principal revelation of the whole entire Bible was Jesus, that Jesus is God, that he is the supreme deity of almighty God, that Jesus is not a second God or a lesser God. He's not the second person in the Trinity, but he is God. For the Bible said in Colossians 2 and 9, for in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Jesus is the word. And the word was made flesh and dwelt amongst us. And we beheld him as the only begotten of the Father, that great I am that made himself known when he came down on Mount 
Sinai when Moses went up there to get the Ten Commandments from Almighty God and only Moses was allowed to go upon that mountain through sanctification and the Bible said that if any animal would touch that mountain it had to be thrust through with a dart. That God was unfolding himself to you and I so that he can be felt, so that he could be touched, that we might touch him. Woo. What's he doing? He's trying. He is claiming his road, trying to get into you and I. Trying to get into man. But will you let this God live on the inside of you? Come on, somebody. Now I'm getting down where the rubber meets the road. Will you let this God, the God of heavens, live on the inside of you? You see, if you don't let him live there, you will not overcome. To overcome is to keep life in you. And the Bible said that in Isaiah 54 and 5, that thy maker is thine husband, the Lord of hosts is his name, and thy redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, the God of the whole earth shall he be called. Is he the God over your earth? The God over this earth right here, is he your God? This was not another God. This was not another angel. This was not a lesser God. This was God in flesh. And Jesus said in John 5 and 43 that I am come in my Father's name and you have received me not but to them that received me. Come on somebody. What any son when he comes, he comes in his Father's name. Is that right? And when Jesus... And when the first time that Jesus is being spoke from angels' tongues, and here when he's speaking with Joseph over in the book of Matthew chapter 1, and he said that thou shalt call his name Jesus, and he shall save his people from his sins. This is the name of the Father. That God wants to live on the inside of you. That man child was not Jewish, neither was he Gentile. He was God manifested in the flesh. The only one that could redeem you and I. His blood saves us. His blood heals us. His blood washes us. It's his blood that we stand upon to any promise that he made. God promised to do it. He came in his father's name and that is where God placed his name is in his son. That's the only place that you can worship him. The only place that God will ever meet you is in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. That is God's chosen place of worship. You can look over in the Old Testament and God said that thou shalt not worship me in all these other gates but only in the gate that I choose to put my name. Where did he choose to put his name? but only in his son, Jesus Christ. We worship in that name. We praise in that name. We preach in that name. And there is power in that name. Come on, somebody. The God that created the moons and the stars and the sun. The God that created the rod that Moses would hold. The God that created the rocks, the stones that David would pick up. And we would kill his Goliath. That God wants to live on the inside of you. That God's with you. That God's with you. And that God is telling you that he is Emmanuel, which is being interpreted God with us. 
And I want to declare to you right now that there is liberty in the name of Jesus Christ. His name is Jesus. There is power in that name. There is liberty in that name to set you free from the bondage of sin and of Satan and the chains of your past. There is power in the name of Jesus. But only in the name of Jesus Christ can these things be done. It is not done in the name of the Pope nor in the name of the church but only in the name of Jesus Christ. Matter of fact, he did not manifest himself as God the Savior in God El Shaddai. He did not manifest himself as God the Savior in Jehovah Jireh. Nor Jehovah Shammah, the Lord is there, but only in the name of Jehovah Savior Joshua Jesus Christ did he declare to you that he is your Savior. I have just told you the most powerful name that has ever been spoke upon by the man of humanity. This name has the power over cancer. This name has the power over Crohn's disease. This name has the power over tumors. This name has the power over diabetes. This name has the power over sin. This name. Not in any other name, but the name of Jesus. For the Bible said in Acts 4 and 12, neither is there salvation in any other name given unto us, but by the name of Jesus Christ. The Bible said in Isaiah 45 and 22, look unto me and be ye saved all the ends of the earth, for I am God and there is none else. That's why Satan is battling us like never before. Because there's a people on earth that is called by that name. There's a people on earth that's redeemed by that name. There's a people on earth that's set free by that name. There's a people on earth that believe. They believe if they pray in that name that they will watch strongholds come down. They believe that if they speak in that name that they will watch mountains fall. There's a people on earth right now that believe that these things are possible to them that believe. For with men it is impossible, but with God nothing is impossible. And that people is on earth right now. They're not putting it off on the apostles or the disciples. They believe right now. Sister Darlene, I hate to do this to you, but would you mind standing for me? I want y'all to take a good look. That little lady right there has the power to shut down hell. That little lady right there has the power to speak in the name of Jesus Christ and watch sin drop off of her loved ones. That little lady right there has the ability to pray over her husband and watch miracles take place. That little lady right there packed on the inside of her is the God of heaven. That little lady right there has the power and that power that's laying on the inside of that little lady can save the whole world. That little lady right there has the power to stop every demon of hell. That little lady right there has 
has the power to stop Satan himself. Not in her flesh, but in her soul, there is a God. A God that said that he'd never leave you, Sister Darlene. A God that said he'd be with you to the end of the world. That he'd fill you with the same power, same Holy Ghost, same witness, same works. Matter of fact, it's setting in you tonight. It's not just for Sister Darlene. It's for everyone that will. So why are you still holding on to the sins of your past? Holding on to sickness? Why don't you start speaking to the God that is with you and start releasing the things that you want to see come to pass? You have not because you ask not and you ask not. You ask not because you believe not. I'm asking you to believe like never before. If God could roll tumors off of Sister Mita, how much more will he do it right now? If God could speak squirrels into existence, what about watching sons come running back home? I'm not preaching to you some far off. God is with us. Stop discrediting yourself and stop deterring those things that are for you. Write the vision, make it plain. Write the vision and make it plain that he that readeth may run with it. That's your Bible. The vision has been made plain for you and I, Brother William, and what we're doing, we're running with a message. We're not running without a message. We're running with a message. We have the king's sword in hand. Oh, hallelujah. The greatest weapon that's given unto you is the power of prayer. I don't want you to say, I don't want you to think anything about this, but I just want you to believe it. But I want to say this to you, that you're right on the, on the other side of the mountain. And all you got to do is climb to get up. Stop looking at all your circumstances. Stop looking at the mountain. Start looking to the God that created the mountain. There is power in prayer. And when you are praying, you're not talking to a weak God. You're not talking to a God that don't know what he's doing. But I want you to know that you're talking to a God that ain't never lost a battle. You're talking to a God that is a Lord of hosts. You're talking to a God that has won every single battle that's ever been. You will not find one time in the scripture where God lost a battle to Satan. But you will find over and over and over again when Satan lost a battle. And that is exactly what he's going to do right now. Am I speaking to believers or what? Don't you be bashful. Don't you be apprehensive. Rise up and talk to the God of heaven.
He's here. He's here. I'm not preaching to you something I don't know. I'm preaching to something. I'm preaching to you something that's living. I'm preaching to you something that I know works. I'm preaching to you something that I have experienced firsthand. He's still here. He's still declaring himself God. He was a lamb slain for, before the foundation of the world for lost sinners. And his blood still saves. And his power still heals. That God's here. That God is with us. And that God's for us. The Bible said in Psalms 86 and 8, Among the gods there is none like unto thee, O Lord, neither are there any works like unto thee, like unto thy works. All nations whom thou hast made shall come and worship before thee, O Lord, and shall glorify thy name. For thou art great and doest wondrous things. Thou art God alone. Teach me thy way, O Lord, and I will walk in thy truth. Unite my heart to fear thy name. I will praise thee. O Lord, my God, with all my heart, I will glorify thy name forevermore. You know, if we're going to worship God, we ought to worship God with an attitude. I'm not talking about, well, I got an attitude, I'm better than you, but I'm talking about worshiping with an attitude that the demons of hell that are holding you bound, you start worshiping with an attitude that when you go to praise it, the great I am, the strongholds of hell can't hold you no longer. Start worshiping with an attitude of a conqueror, as a victor, as a warrior, that you are going to take your giants down. God is with us and we will see miracles. Hallelujah. You start to realize that that God's with us, that that God of heaven will protect you, that the God of heaven will fight your battles. He will deliver us. He will heal us. He will save us. He will change us. He will wash us. And one of these mornings, he's going to rapture you and I. I'm not talking about a God. I'm not talking about Christ in the manger. But I'm talking about Christ in you, the hope of glory. You ain't got nothing to be scared of of going into the future. David wasn't worried when he walked down into the valley. And he realized that he was the only one there alone. But he realized that there was a God that was with him. He was not worried about it, but he knew that the God that was with him when he saved him from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear would surely deliver him from the hand of the Philistine. And you won't hear me quoting from King Saul too much, but I'm going to quote something to you that I want you to do, that this is a commission to you. He said, David, go, and the Lord be with thee. Little bride, go. Go, and the Lord be with you. I'm going to preach this until you believe it. Go, and the Lord be with thee. 
I'm going to preach it till you believe it. And when you believe it, I want you to receive it. And when you receive it, I want you to shout about it. And when you shout about it, I want you to shout so much till the walls come down. And when the walls come down, I want you to testify to somebody else. And let them testify to somebody else. And it all started because I started preaching what the Bible said. So what are we going to do? We're going to believe what the Bible said. That by his stripes we are healed. By his spirit we are sealed. David knew God was with him. Shamgar knew that God was with him. Elijah knew that God was with him. When you realize that the God of heaven is with you, ain't no wonder crippled people get up. And start walking like they never walked before. Ain't no wonder blind eyes come open when they realize that the Creator's here. And it ain't no wonder that sons of God are manifested right before you. Well, because the God of creation is here. I'm going to give you a few more scriptures. And we're going to close it down until tomorrow night. God is with us. Can you echo that? God is with us. And there's surely going to rise up enemies that come against you. Because when you start saying that you are filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you now have a target on your back. That every gun of hell is pointed at you. The Bible said in Deuteronomy 7 and 21 that thou shalt not be affrighted at them. For the Lord thy God is among you. A mighty God and terrible. And the Lord thy God will put out those nations before thee by little and little that thou mayest not consume them at once. I love how God plans everything out perfectly. Lest the beast of the field, not the beast of the field, I tell you what, it'd be a land that I wouldn't want to be in, land of beats. I can't hardly stand them things. I give them all to my brother-in-law, Davy. Lest the beast, the beast, whew, get over it, Drew. Spit it out. Lest the beast of the field increase upon thee. That's why you love me, don't you? For the Lord thy God shall deliver them unto thee and shall destroy them with a mighty destruction until they be destroyed. You see, God knew he wasn't going to give it to you all at one time, but he was going to let you conquer it little by little. That the land wouldn't overtake you and the beast of the field would not overtake you and consume you. But God said that you're going to destroy them all. And verse 24 said, that he shall deliver their kings into thine hands. Ooh, I love it. And thou shalt destroy their name from under heaven and there shall no man be able to stand before thee until thou hast destroyed them. Not only are you going to destroy the kings that are there, that are proclaiming that this is their land, but you're going to wipe their name off of the face of the earth. Not only that name, but the name of every king under them. The king's sin, you're going to destroy everything under him. King fear, king doubt, king worry, king unbelief. 
You're going to destroy them. Why? Because God is with you. God's with you. You don't have to fear. God's with you. I just share this with you, and then I'm, I'll just close this evening. My little, my little girl Allie, sitting somewhere right there. She'd been going around all week long. I love kids. Still think myself one. Katie told me when I turned thirty that I had to grow up. I'm thirty-two now, and I still ain't grew up. Words from a wise man. But Allie's been going around all week, and I, I don't know how you teach your children, but I teach my children that if you get sick or anything comes up, don't you start talking about that sickness, you just start rebuking the devil. You may coddle your children and, and just worship that little bit of sickness, but that's how I do things around my house. You just don't start, stop saying you're sick, start saying you're healed. You start rebuking that enemy that's afflicting your body because that's what it is. It's an enemy. But Allie's been going around all week long for about the last week and a half, and I have no idea why she's been doing it because that not really that she's been sick. But she's been going around saying, I refute the devil. And she was trying to say, I rebuke the devil. And I, we all kind of chuckled about it. You know, and she's going around, I, I refute the devil. I refute the devil. And the other night, she had herself a, a, a nosebleed about 3.30 in the morning. And she was up there, and she was just, she's saying, I refute the devil. I refute the devil. And you know, I, I had some things kind of on my mind all week long and been heavily burdened by some things and just, I can't, I, I can't sleep. These things are on my heart, some things that are very near to me and they're, they're on my heart, I can't sleep. I found out that you can try to take all the sleep medicine you want to. When God wants you praying for somebody, you're gonna pray for somebody. So if I thought of your name this week, if I thought of somebody's name over in China, I was calling their name. So God had me up for purposes this week. And I was sitting there and I was praying and all of a sudden the Lord began to speak to me and I began to think about those things that Allie had been doing. I refute the devil. I refute the devil. We all chuckled about it, didn't we, Sister Katie? We kind of just chuckled about it. And God kind of just spoke to my heart there and said, that's exactly right. I refute the devil. Well, I'm being a hillbilly hick, redneck. I, I don't know words unless I, have, unless I have a dictionary where I can look them up. So I began to think about this. If God said that's exactly right, I'm going to go look this word up. That word refute is to deny. It is to disprove and prove to be wrong. Here my little four-year-old girl that's getting ready to turn five had been walking around all week long preaching to me. I refute the devil. I refute the devil. I refute the devil. I didn't have a clue what was going on, but this little girl was going around packing the gospel of Jesus Christ, going around saying, I refute the devil. I refute the devil. And in 2020, if we're going to believe for miracles, we're going to have to refute the devil. He's going to tell us that we're not going to make it, but we're going to refute the devil. We're going to prove him wrong.
Come on, somebody. We're going to prove the demons of hell that we're going to make it. We're going to overcome. We will see miracles. We will see giants fall. And we realize that God is with us. So devil, hear me. I refute you in the name of Jesus Christ. I deny the very power of hell. Satan, you have come against us, but I refute you in the name of Jesus Christ. You were stripped of all of your power 2,000 years ago, and you have no legal authority to touch God's children. Brother Alden, ain't that just perfect? I refute the devil. He can whisper in your ear just like he's going to. He can tell you all kinds of things. But do like my little daughter had taught me all week long, but it took me hours and hours and hours in prayer to catch the revelation of what God was saying to me out of the mouth of a babe. Deny the devil. Prove him to be wrong. So I set out in 2020 with a commission. I am here to prove the devil wrong and here to prove God right. Let the musicians come.